This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Welcome back to the program. It's Kelly and company here weekdays from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. That's when we do the live event. Then you can listen to the repeat of the show, 10 p.m. Eastern and 6 a.m. in the morning Eastern time. No matter how you're listening in, we appreciate it, especially around the world, maybe wherever you are, settle back. Maybe you're at your computer checking us out at ami.ca. Thanks a lot for hanging out. Kelly McDonald here, Ramya Muthan. We are the hosts of the show. Monday, our normal stable of, of contributors, always bringing great stuff to us. We've got uh, Michael down for our tech. We'll get back to him next week. But we also bring in on Mondays Brock Richardson. You see him on Now with Dave Brown. If you check out their show in the mornings, he comes on Mondays to sit with us for a little bit. But we know him also as the host and producer of The Neutral Zone. Brock, where are we starting today? What's your lead off? I can only well, imagine. I have a couple of things. Uh, first of all, the... Team Canada won uh, the Davis Cup, which is the tennis equivalent of the World Cup for the first time in its over 100-year existence. And a lot of people are suggesting that this event puts Canada on the map as a nation, as a powerhouse in tennis. What do you say? So uh, I I would agree. I think that when you beat some of these nations that have, you know, big names in them, I think that this does help. And our two... Athletes in uh, OJ Aliassim and Denis Shapovalov are certainly the future uh, for Canada, and they literally just proved it uh, this week uh, in in the event. So it's very cool, and uh, congratulations to them. And I thought it'd be a cool story to kick things off with you guys. Awesome. The second the second story, however, is not as good of a story, and that is that the hockey world lost a legend in Boris Salming who had a brief battle of ALS, and I'm really talking brief. It was not even a year from uh, diagnosis uh, to death, so it's a quick situation there. Um, He leads uh, the Leafs in most points with 768, and then he also has uh, 150 goals in the span of 1,099 games. He also did have a short stint with the Detroit Red Wings as well. And uh, it's very cool because he was just part of the Hall of Fame uh, induction in Toronto that they did. And the Toronto crowd gave him such a heartwarming uh, ovation. So those are your two leadoff items. Wow. I remember so much watching him play. I remember the the um, uh, public address announcer in in the eighties. You know, Paul would, would would come on, and you'd hear him say, "You know, you know, Toronto Maple Leafs goal, Barrios Salming," and he just what a distinct way everyone reacted. So incredible to this player back then, and I, I remember him being one of my favorites as as a kid uh, watching hockey. And uh, we've watched as he was in Toronto a couple of weeks ago um, for the recognition and everything that was going on, and he was in his element. Um, really just loved being there with, with uh, Daryl Sittler and everybody, and it, it was just absolutely phenomenal. So Fedora's, of course, off to the late Boryasami. Yes, and just the the overall reception that he received, and he was moved to tears, and, and 
this is the first um, sighting of Boreas for a long time. And I think people were kind of surprised because he was still, you know, uh, able to, you know, be part of the ceremony. And then uh, less than a less than two weeks later, he was uh, we were announcing his passing. So it's just the timing of these diseases can be uh, can be unfortunate. Well, you have some stats, uh, some interesting ones that you wanted to share with us. Yes, let me preface uh, specifically the second one. Uh, There's a reference to a player, and it's referenced as something that was used in this time frame. And so I just want to put it out there that it's only being used because of the time frame we're talking about. But uh, the first one is in the 18... 80s and 90s, second baseman uh, Bid McPhee took the field without a glove. Let me repeat that. He took the field without a glove. His 6,522 career games remains the most of any second baseman, and McPhee was born in 1859. That's the first one. Wow. Yes, could you imagine doing that now? Like with the with the level of speed that the oh, balls man. come off. The, you, those balls come Unreal. off the bat sometimes at you know one hundred and five, ten miles an hour, and those infielders are are not that far away. And even if the ball bounces and comes off the ground, you know sometimes that's some of their biggest problem is is catching with their glove and then trying to transfer and throw. How do you transfer and do anything when your hands numb? <laughs> right? Like, the idea is you're supposed to be able to feel the ball wow. to be able to transfer, right? So it's just oh. crazy to think that he did that Catching for so Catching without long. a glove. Oh. The second one is, in a career that spanned over 15 seasons, William Dummy Roy was the first ever deaf player to ever play Major League Baseball. From 1888 to 1902, Roy batted 288 with a 2044 total hits and 596 stolen bases. So that's pretty crazy as well. The second part of this, as I'm scrolling, um, then in his final season, while with the New York Cincinnati Reds, Roy batted against New York Giants pitcher Dummy Taylor, making this the first time two deaf MLB players ever played against each other. So those are some stats for for you guys to uh, get you thinking. And I'm curious, which of the two are you more intrigued by and why? Ramya, we'll start with you. Probably the second one because it it um, feels like such a huge moment in history, right? Like the two parts to it both feel like such a huge moment in history mm-hmm. um, for us to kind of stack these numbers up and say, um, but here's why it was so special, why it was so incredible and probably paving the way for a lot of other things with Able Body or Parasport um, because it was such a big deal. Yeah, right. I, I and, tend to agree. And I didn't actually think about the connection of able-bodied and parasport, and it's a good point. That probably was the beginning of, you know, the start of what we now know. Kelly? Uh, I'll give thumbs up to that one. What I also noticed that isn't a a negative on it, um, the nickname. 
you know, I know everybody in sports yeah, has nicknames. Yeah, what's up with that? Well, we, at the time in the 1800s, that nickname would mean somebody who basically couldn't hear or was in, in mute. I see. Oh, so okay. That's what it was referring to. that would be an attached hmm. nickname by the league, the fan, by people. I shouldn't say the league, but by the fans. And because both of them have the same nickname, which is just, yeah. you know, I thank goodness we don't do that garbage. Nicknames and are fine. What I was going to say is so much ableism to think that it just goes right over our heads, right? You like, bet. Wow. Yeah. That's why I prefaced it how I did because mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't want people going back and saying, "Did he just say what I think he said?" Because yeah. yes. back then, it, that's how it was, uh, you know, referred to. Which thankfully, it's no longer referred Thank to that way. Goodness, you know, like my gosh. Uh, Okay, Brock, sorry. Soccer. Let's move over there and talk a little bit of the World Cup right now of soccer. Canada's two games in. What are your thoughts? Uh, The first game, I really was impressed. I thought that even though uh, Canada lost to Belgium, I thought there was a lot of positive things you could take um, from a situation like this. I was expecting game two against Croatia to be even better better for Canada um and then you know they came out and Alfonso Davies scores the the first goal and for Canada and it's in its uh World Cup history cool all well and good the nation's excited and then Croatia decided oh yes and we're going to add four unanswered goals on top of that which then meant that they lost uh four to one which now takes them out of contention for moving on hmm well, after the first loss uh, in Game 1 to Belgium, Canada's coach, John Herdman, had some interesting things to say mm-hmm. about the next appointment op- opponent, right, which was Croatia, as you said. So what did he say, and what were your thoughts on it? So what he said was, in our next game in against Croatia, we're going to F up Croatia. So a lot of people had some heads turned about this and they thought so a trash talk uh, basically. Yes, exactly. That mm-hmm. that is that is a uh bold statement from a coach who just theoretically, albeit they dominated the game against Belgium, but that's pretty bold uh coming from a coach who just lost a game. Uh with that said, uh then we heard some of the uh, Croatian players Um, saying things like, this is going to mean motivation for us, this is going to fuel us, this is going to be part of it. So my question to you guys, starting with you, Kelly, do you believe in bulletin board material? Because this is something that came out of this, was that maybe it was a little bit of bulletin board material. So Nassai Najuri did this when Toronto was playing Brooklyn back several years ago, and he got fined because you're just not supposed to do that stuff. Um, I understand it was heat of the moment, as as John Herdman would would say, because you're getting a mic shoved in your face or um, with a camera right after the game, and you're excited over what's been going on. You're caught up in it, but as a coach, particularly, I really feel you can't be saying it. I believe you're poking the bear, <laughs> as they always used to say about Kyle Lowry: "Don't poke the bear; he'll come back at you." And and more times, that karma st- to me. Whether you believe in that kind of thing or not seems to be true. Plus, I just think you don't need to say it in our position. We are the 46th ranked team going up against number two and then number 12. You don't say those things. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 
Like, I mean, if, if you mean it like that and you're, I don't know, there's, I'm kind of here and there because if you had friendly competition going, right, and let's say uh, the two coaches were friendly or the teams were friendly or the, the league itself was friendly, then having this kind of friendly trash talk, I guess, could be, you know, silly and, and people can hop on it and it just, it becomes fun but if it that's not the case and this coach is just like you said Kel's you know an, an emotional high and then saying you're gonna f up Croatia I don't know if that's necessarily yeah. warranted and it's probably something you're gonna re- regret later anyway yeah because uh, inspiring your t- your players <laughs> is one thing I just think there's other choice of words to you know we're very proud of yeah. our performance and we eagerly are excited to bring on I think that's a different way to say that kind of thing if you want to encourage your team without going that route and it's just come on it's just a, it's just trashy but then then it becomes if you're John Herdman you're walking back to the mic after the game against Croatia and the first question presented to you was do you regret your comments and he basically said no there's an admiration between uh both teams and I was just firing up my guys I could have come at this in a different light. That's not the same tune you were singing, you know, uh, when the first game against Belgium ended. So, I mean, you know, you have to be careful because at times you are going to then, if you if you lose the, 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 the bet, if you will, then you're going to have to walk it back and say, well, actually, I didn't really mean that and there's a bunch of admiration. And as far as the admiration goes, no, there wasn't because there was Croatia said, we'd like to thank, you know, John Herdman for you know, giving us inspiration. <laughs> Croatia papers had John Herdman uh, completely naked in them and then covering them up <laughs> with uh, Canada flags. I mean, they were just having a heyday. And so nobody was happy about this at all in no. any way, no. shape or form. It's just a bad look. And yeah. Yeah. Real quick, sir. What's coming up on the neutral zone? Uh, we're going to be having a great conversation uh, today regarding the uh World Cup, and uh, yeah, we're going to be chatting with a judo athlete as well today. Awesome. So that's all coming up on Tuesday's edition of the program. You can find it here on AMI Audio, 11 a.m. in the morning, also available to you as a podcast and on YouTube. Brock Richardson hits us with the latest sports updates on Mondays. Plus, check the gang out, as mentioned. Tuesday, 11 a.m. in the morning, right here on AMI Audio. In just a moment, we get the scoop on AMI's tripping on air contest that's running now. We uh, visit with our communications specialist, Greg David, in a moment. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.